No, we're going to need some uh, intermission music now. So, let's all go to the kitchen. You are listening to the PHP Ugly Podcast, Episode 1. Today we're talking about who we are, what we do, and what this podcast is going to be. We'll also talk some development and the cost of good code. Let's get started. Three, two, one. Yeah, I don't know how to start it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Welcome to PHP Ugly. Yeah, it's definitely going to be ugly. What the hell are we doing? What what were we thinking when we decided to do this? I I wasn't thinking at all. It's just yeah, let's do it. <laughs> we 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 clearly need to drink more frequently if we're going to make these poor decisions. Yeah, that is true. I need to schedule the next time we do this on uh, a night where I'm already drinking. <laughs> all right, so let's uh, let's have a quick conversation about who we are. Bring everybody up to speed a little bit um, and introduce what it is we're trying to do here. This is going to be called PHP Ugly, and uh, we're going to talk development with a with a focus on PHP. My name is Eric Eric Johnson, and I am a uh, a developer, a small business owner, a community organizer. And with a strong focus on PHP. And I am Tom Rideout, also known as PFY. I am a PHP developer for close to 15 years now. And uh, I love working on the back end and I hate working on the front end. <laughs> so that's that's one thing that differentiates you from from me a little bit, besides I'm so much better looking than you are. Um, well, the ob- yeah, the obvious. Yeah. So I, I've been I've been in the IT industry uh, uh, probably going on thirty years, real close to thirty years. Uh, but I have not always been a, a full time developer. I've always done development work. I mean, when you got into computers, that's kind of what you did. Uh, back when I was studying computers there wasn't a lot of focus on networking or or this thing the silly thing we call the internet um, most of it were were different languages so I started coding and ended up in the, I uh, doing more op- ops um, that was like my first paying gig was doing uh, operation um, network administration uh, system administration and I kind of did that for a very long time. I thought I liked it. I thought I enjoyed it. Uh, I still got to do development. Everybody did a little bit of development, so I thought I, I was filling enough of my niche for development. But I, I discovered the more, the longer I went down that path, the more I wanted to do development and less networking, less system administration. So through the encouragement of a mutual friend of ours, um, probably about five years now, a little bit more, yeah, about five years, uh, I finally made the decision to go full-time development. And I gotta say, I've not been happy. Biggest, biggest mistake you've ever made. <laughs> I've not been happier. 
I, I enjoyed it very much. But now you, you've been developing for, you say, about 15 years? Yeah, it's been about 15 years now, and uh, it's, you know, what else would I do? I mean, I'm I'm in the situation where I've been developing since I was 19 years old. Um, I had a really great mentor who took me under his wing early on and wanted me to become the programmer that his teenage sons were not being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Yeah, I really lucked out, and you know, if I didn't, if I wasn't programming, I have no idea what I'd be doing. Yeah. What? What? Now, you and I both share a similar passion, <coughs> uh, PHP. Uh, I, I have some other languages I code in, but definitely PHP is by far my strongest. What drew you to PHP? Uh, it was the option that was given to me. I, mm-hmm. you know, my my mentor hired me on to work with him and to learn PHP. Uh, we also used other stuff, you know, JavaScript and the like, but I, I always used uh, PHP as the core, you know, foundation for what I was doing and never really had call to move to another programming language. Uh, I've looked at stuff like Ruby and, and Node and the newer, fancier stuff, mm-hmm. uh, but PHP is chugging right along with new features and improvements and better engine every year so so far i haven't seen anything i can't do in php except for you know threaded stuff but even then there's ways of doing everything right yeah i've got to say especially if you haven't looked at php in the last three years uh you really need to revisit it it's just a completely different landscape uh very strong language i kind of stumbled upon it accidentally i guess um, I was doing some coding in Excel, Excel spreadsheet, uh, that was using Access, and I wanted to move to a quote-unquote real database. Uh, SQL Server was the database at the time that, I, you know, the only one I was aware of. This was, now keep in mind, this was uh, like 90, I want to say 98 yeah, ninety-eight. Wow. Yeah. So, um, I I saw the licensing cost for uh, Microsoft SQL Server. I'm like, yeah, no, I can't really justify doing that. Uh, and I heard about MySQL, <clears throat> so I I figured out how to get MySQL running on a a Slackware box. Uh, a friend of mine gave me this huge Slackware box. Uh, got my SQL running. I'm like, all right, I really don't understand how to use this. And they had one of these. Con- adult continuing education courses that was PHP and MySQL. I'm like, well, I don't really know what PHP is, but I need to understand MySQL, so I'll go there, I'll learn the MySQL part, and life will be good. Well, it was really a PHP class, and that was my first introduction. And again, I had abandoned development for years. After I I was using COBOL, uh, I was doing some C stuff in college, and I had just gotten tired of it. I'm like, I never want to code ever again. The whole having to submit your job to a mainframe, going there, you got these huge printouts when things would error out. And I just never wanted to code again. And got introduced to PHP. I'm like, wow, this this is what coding is supposed to be. You're supposed to be able to do something, see an immediate result. There's no compiling. There's no, it's just right there. 
um, really started to, to get attracted to it and started to, to embrace it more and more. And I, I had done through through my I, I really become at that point a self-taught PHP developer. Um, no real structure. And again, this is you know '99. We're getting into the early 2000s, and there's no real. It's not what it is today. So I start looking. I'm doing just about everything you could possibly do wrong when developing in PHP. Um, everything that you know your your average beginner mistake. You you name the beginner's mistake. I, I did it tenfold. Uh, it was crazy. And I started looking at other languages. I started started really doing a lot of Python. Um, which and this is, this would be pre object oriented days in PHP as well, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, big time. Pre, every, everything is just procedural. I mean, just <laughs> HTML meshed with some PHP. Meshed, uh, <laughs> it was terrible. How you? Yeah. Terrible. Um, it, and uh, Python was started started to introduce me to the concept of object oriented programming, which I was I was real happy with. Um, and I, I would go back and forth, but you know, I started I started to. Uh, really get into Rails after that. And I probably did two years of solid Rails development. Rails was got, the f- got real, real skinny. <laughs> didn't didn't see your family for a while. Yeah, <laughs> Rails development was the was the one that. That's when I started to understand how much I enjoyed PHP because as I'm doing Rails development, I'm like, okay, I know how I would do this in PHP. I would try to figure out how I would do it in Rails. And, you know, Rails was just a framework, right? It, it was a Ruby framework. Right. That's where the whole act, understanding active records, you know, the power behind active records and object-oriented programming. I had gotten to the point where I'm like, okay, how do I do this stuff in PHP? And that led me down a path of frameworks. I, I became a big cake PHP user and just re-sparked my passion for PHP and really haven't look back after that yeah you know back back in those days i remember there was a huge focus on books that were for php and mysql at the same time mm-hmm. i don't i don't know if that's still like the pattern that's going on but at, at some point you know in the 90s somebody realized hey the best way to access mysql is php so let's just bundle the whole thing together yeah they're both open source so it's all free hey, well it's funny too it's like every php book at the time, back then, they were all the same book. They were just getting yeah. like republished. And now, now we have books that are re- very uh, specialized in, in you know testing or, or or something like that with PHP. Uh, but back then, they were all the same goddamn book. Well, yeah, and I mean, they were all you know. You're making your personal homepage. You know, you weren't doing enterprise stuff on PHP back then. It was it was a slow build up to that point mm-hmm. before before Facebook starts running PHP. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's very true. Would you say Would you say Facebook? See now, I remember Yahoo being at the time a big PHP uh, catalyst, like one of the big companies. Everybody used to say, "Oh yeah, Yahoo uses PHP." Do you think uh, Facebook was the one that really started to put it over the edge? I think Facebook is where people started to to shut up a little more about can it scale because PHP, you know, 
of of the many uh, complaints detractors have, scaling was a problem for a long time. And I think when Facebook said, hey, we're running PHP on our 400 servers in the West region, then that it's hard to fight with that. Yeah, very true. So how do you feel about where Facebook is now with PHP? I think they've moved away. I think they now have their own custom-rolled interfaces for everything, and it's they uh, they wrote their own compiled engine for a pseudo PHP language. Right, that's a HHVM, right? Yeah, and actually, I think they're even off of HHVM now. I think they have a an in-house thing that's even further optimized. Mm-hmm. Um, Who do you now? So let me ask you this: Do you feel PHP as a language can survive without having like one of those big marketing corporations behind it where you know some scrub can go to his boss and say hey let's use PHP because these guys use it yeah I, mean, I think when you've when you've got employees who know PHP and want to do it in PHP you're going to have a hard time doing it in the language they don't know and don't want to use um you know, and and PHP is getting mature enough now that that the people who've been into PHP for you know twenty years, fifteen years are getting up into very authoritative positions in companies and can say we're doing it in PHP. Uh, you know, they they are the the trendsetters, so they get to decide PHP is or isn't the language they want to use. I don't think PHP has been considered a trendsetter for some time now. Well. I've, I've been using it for a long time. I'm out of the loop on what the fashionable new languages are. <laughs> yeah, uh, you, you can know, run eight versions of Node at the same time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, as a as a long time PHP developer, uh, you definitely carry some battle scars of <laughs> of having to protect your platform of choice. Um, <clears throat> I know that's gone gone on for years. And end of day, I mean, you can say a lot of things, uh, and some of the some of the things that are said about PHP are, are well deserved, especially uh, when you start talking about older versions of PHP. And oh yeah, yeah. And like I said, you know, I I, I saw a, a new subreddit the other day called PHP LOL, <laughs> which which boy, if you want to be a self hating PHP developer, hang out in there for a while because it's it's a vicious little circle. I bet. And, uh, yeah, but, it, you know, it's... A lot of it is to do with amateur programmers or, you know, bad development practices now. It's not the language itself that's very flawed. Um, you know, I saw a call for the triple... or Sorry, for the quadruple equals operator and how absurd it was that that wasn't in PHP. And I... I guess... I. You know, there's there's going to be differences in languages. The fact that PHP can add an operator to its language is something that a lot of other languages can't say they are able to do. You know, you're not you're not going to get into development with Ruby and have significant improvements on the engine coming anytime soon. Right. Right. And that's always been my thing. It's like as much crap as we take, and again, we'll say some of it's justified. We've been a language for a very long time. You, you've got a lot of people that have hacked their way 
to the, the title developer. Um, but the reality of it is just about every language out there kind of goes through the same growing pains. Uh, I know yeah. Ruby is a pain in the ass to, to install uh, with the different versions that it has, and Rails is similar, uh, the framework for Ruby, um, depending on the versions, all, all your gem versions, things like that. Python, I mean, the jump from Python 2 to 3 has been going on for literally years. Yeah. Uh, the Node community had a complete identity breakdown. Um, they're just getting back on track where they, they started to, to splinter and decided to pull pull back together into to one stream. So I think everybody has these, these struggles. I, I think it's just fun to make fun of everyone else who doesn't do the thing that you do. Yeah. I think so. In the day, you know, I make a living doing PHP development. I enjoy doing PHP development. I don't feel like kittens are dying because I do it. So, I think life is good. So let me ask. Let me ask you this: What are we doing here? I mean, why? Why are we doing this? Do we? Are we already at that point in the relationship? We do. We feel like we need to have another what podcast. Do- what are we doing here? <laughs> what did last night actually mean? <laughs> you just you. You just didn't feel the same. Just, yeah. Can't we just have fun and let it be having fun? <laughs> yeah, my my goal of the podcast is that. For us to have fun and for our uh, brilliant observations uh, to be heard by the community at large, which misses out on these excellent conversations we have. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. That's a fantastic synopsis. Yeah. I think uh I if you you have to be a little bit narcissistic to do a podcast, don't you? I think so. I think I think you have to Yeah, I definitely feel like I have a parking dog. Yeah, get it. Get it. No, we're going to need some uh intermission music now. <laughs> so let's all go to the kitchen. Yeah, I I think about my goal is just just to have fun and enjoy uh the conversations around PHP and the PHP community and, you know, got to get that dollar. Yeah. yeah. So PHP community, you and I are both uh, community organizers, right? I mean, that's something we we can call ourselves. I I wouldn't call myself that. Just, you know. What would you call yourself? Uh, A thought leader? Oh, you, you you think that's a that's a little less imposing the community organizer? Yeah, it's just something presumptive about community organizer. It, it means that there's actually people that listen. And thought leader does it. <laughs> <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> so you and I both run the uh, local Laravel user group and PHP user group uh, here in San Diego. We have uh, absolutely. We we have. We're not the only ones. There, there are others that help us, but uh, you and I pretty much handle all the Laravel stuff. We get some other people that help with the PHP group. Maybe we'll have them join us at some point. Maybe. But I don't know. How, well, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you feel that's an important part of keeping PHP strong? Uh, I mean, really, do you think having a, having a user group in San Diego makes any difference on any level whatsoever? I enjoy doing it, so yes. I I don't know. I don't know if we're making an impact on the the 
PHP scene in San Diego so much. Um, but I know that making a resource available for people, even if it isn't used all the time, is a a good goal to have on its own. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, we we have somewhat low attendance in the the North County meetup, but it seems like there's always someone new coming in just to check it out to see what the community is like. They might not come back because the you know we're meetups are infrequent. Um, but we're going to give them a taste of what PHP can provide and what the community is like. Yeah, I think I think that's the hardest part, trying to run a community. And I think I feel it more with the Laravel group than I do with the uh, PHP. I think with Laravel, um, I'm always torn. It's like, what are, what are people looking for here? Are they looking for a group that introduces them to Laravel and what it is? Are they looking for a group on the very basics, you know, how to do the simple stuff. Are they looking for the more advanced? Because, like you and I, we do it every day. And, and we we both are fortunate enough where we, we can specialize a little bit in Laravel. We do a lot of Laravel development, uh, which is a great yeah. framework. So I, I think for us, you know, we're looking to continue to educate ourselves and continue to push ourselves and learn more. But we're, we're definitely going to be the exception to the rule, right? I mean... The, the more advanced topics that would interest us would probably just be way over the head over the majority of the people coming to a Laravel user group. Do you agree? Or? I, I don't know. You know what? I, I, I think the Laravel user group has gotten a, a pretty advanced group of regulars now. Um, and I, I wouldn't be surprised if some of the more advanced stuff that we're sort of skipping uh, would actually serve well there. Yeah. Well, I, th- I think we've done a pretty good job with the Laravel group in the sense that we we do c- try to have a couple of presentations during a meetup. One, typically, a little bit more intro, uh, intro Laravel and the other being a little bit more advanced. Um, yeah, I, I think the difference between the two sometimes aren't that great, but I mean, that, that's one of the reasons why I think we need to keep it like that, but I don't know, I, I just, uh, and, and I don't know how much I care, to be completely honest with you. I mean, you know, there's, yeah. there's the selfish part of me where I'm like, well, I'm I'm writing this, I'm going to do the stuff that interests me, nobody's paying me to do, it, do this, it's not like I am a representative of Laravel itself, and I work for, you know, Laravel as a company to, to do this, I... So there is that selfish aspect of me, but you know, there, there's also the aspect of, hey, this is a great platform. I want to help get people going down that path because I know somebody took the time to get me going down my path at one point. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's a hard uh, hard thing to figure out. You know, the the people who attend are not always the most communicative as well. There's a lot of... Uh, quiet people that show up along with the loud people. Yeah, yeah, and it's definitely one of those squeaky wheels things. So goals for podcasts. You you, you gave me some of yours. Let me see. I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, what are yours? I'm sorry, I'm not being proactive enough on on reading questions to you. No, no, no. That's that's fine. I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm trying to trying to think why I'm doing this. Uh, you know, I I am a behind the scenes type of guy. I like to try to be behind the scenes. Uh, John, our buddy with uh, San Diego PHP, had a, has a tendency to try to push me up front 
and I typically resist it. And I, it was kind of, I, I kind of come up with an idea for a couple podcasts, and once again, I didn't really want to be involved with any of them. I just kind of wanted to organize them and let you and John and those guys take it. But somehow, I'm sitting here with you. I'm not sure how the hell that happened. You, you, you're just so persuasive. I, I don't think it was me on this one. I think, I, I think I just say yeah to whatever you and John ask me, and so, <laughs> so you were just uh, drunk on Slack one night and said, "Hey, we're doing Let's it. Let's do this. We're gonna, we're gonna do a podcast. <laughs> Give me a freaking URL. I'm gonna register something." <laughs> Yeah, I, I'm kind of a podcast junkie. There's so many good podcasts out there. Um, yeah, I just, I just, I know we sit down and have some fantastic conversations, and I always think to myself, man, God, I wish I had recorded that. That was a good, good conversation to have. So I just figure, <laughs> I, let's, let's just. I wish I could remember that. I wish, I wish I had been a little more sober for that one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, maybe. What do you think? Do you think uh, drinking and coding? Uh, do we? You th- do you think we we are too lax on that uh, as a community? I mean, because uh, I don't do I don't do it at all. I mean, you know, I oh, I've on. done the what? No, I've done I did the Balmer method for years. Are you kidding me? What, yeah, you know. Well, you know about the Balmer curve, right? No, what's the Balmer curve? Oh uh, yeah, Steve Steve Balmer uh, would talk about his most efficient coding times, which was this this real happy zone above completely wasted drunk and uh no i i i drank and coded for years and and that was yeah it it never served me well in the end oh really so you so you you yeah. you, you intentionally make it an effort not to do it now no i just I, I don't find myself called to the keyboard when i'm drinking oh that's that's weird i do i do i don't know why and I feel like I'm better at it. I, I think uh, I think I stop I stop stressing over the little things so much when 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 I'm a little buzzed and you know just start working and getting code out. Um, but again, I don't know if it, as I say that I'm not trying to endorse it. I'm not <laughs> saying it's a good thing. It's yeah. You, you know it's not peer reviewed code, that, is it? <laughs> yeah, you know, I know there are people that struggle with with drinking and addiction and things like that. And I always worry about, because I don't know how it is with other communities, but I know in the PHP community, it, you know, it seems to be a topic. Everybody likes to get, get together and drink. You go to these conferences, you go to these meetups, uh, drinking, drinking is typically an aspect of it. Sure. But I, I mean, I think anytime you treat, uh, uh, employment as a social event, you know, any kind of conference, you're going to see drinking going on, yeah. that kind of thing. I, I don't know. I mean, I think our our work allows for it more. You know, if you're sneaking vodka into your coffee cup in the morning when you go to work, that's one. That's one thing. You know, that's not drinking while coding. That's just drinking at work. <laughs> uh, but you know, if I'm working on like a personal project at eleven o'clock at night and drinking some beer, then that's fine, you know. I'm no, no one's gonna, no one's gonna dock me points for excessively long variable names in my personal project. <laughs> True. Good point. You know, if, if I start, if I start naming all my classes after different IPAs, 
<laughs> you know, you know, somebody has done that too, right? I mean, has oh yeah, been. yeah. If you ever wonder where uh, weird corporate names come from, that's just someone who was sitting at their desk and looked at the closest thing next to them. Oh, it's porterhouse service. Why not? It's a steak on your desk for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> so what? So are we going to talk? Are we going to talk like PHP stuff and Laravel stuff? Is that going to be one of our absolutely? Goals? Yeah. Do you mean? Do you mean um, look at the items in the next discussion box on Trello? No, I, I'm trying Isn't to be it? spontaneous here. Like, like we haven't hadn't already had this conversation. Honey, it's been too long. You can't. We we don't do spontaneous anymore. <laughs> it's fine. Fine, fine. Go through the goddamn Trello board. See if I care. <laughs> so Spark, let's talk. Let's talk a little Spark. You and I are both. Let's talk about Spark. We're both. Uh, both Laravel developers, like I said. Uh, now, you and I have had a little bit of a disagreement on how ready Spark was for for production um, at the last Laravel meetup. I, I felt that it was due to be released anytime. You're, you kind of fell in the camp of, no, it's still going to be a while. I think it's... I think, I think we're looking at a month or so out at this point. For, a um, month from now. Yeah, I, I, I think... You know the whole Spark Watch thing is trending on Twitter, and and Taylor's getting uh, all the the free press he can get off of making it almost. It's almost here. It's almost here. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, you know, he's also going to be uh, a, a developer first and make sure that it's working correctly and it's ready to go. Because as he announced, he will be charging for it as a service. Right, I, I was and, about to say, especially now that he's charging for it, right? There's going to be an expectation of a certain level of quality when it's released. Right, yeah, I think this is going to be his first... Actually, I'm sorry, this is going to be his second paid service that he's developed. Third. His first being third? Yeah, he did Envoyer and then Forge. Right? Okay, yeah, yeah. So I think he, he knows what the community is going to expect if they start paying for something... Uh, and he's going to be more fastidious about bringing it up to snuff uh, for prime time. So I think, I mean, I think that's one of the questions, though. Really, is like, what what is he charging for? Is, is this going to be some sort of SaaS solution? Is there licensing that's going to be going along with this package? I mean, what exactly is he charging for? And was it a good idea? And I know you, you kind of gave me that we we had some conversation about this throughout the week, and you. You were kind of giving yeah. me the impression that you felt maybe it was a good idea. It's a, I think it's a great idea. I think, I think work deserves to be paid for. Um, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't think that looking through my MP3 library, but I think work deserves to be paid for, and and the work he's doing is is good and hard. Um, and I and I think that it's. I mean, like I was telling you, it, I don't see an environment in which it being a paid product causes anyone any problems, uh, because I think businesses will be able to pay for it and write it off and accept it as part of an operating cost. Right. I, I think you had a sound theory there in the, when you said, if you're using this, you're essentially making money off of it, is mm-hmm. what it came down to. And I, I thought that... that that has some merit to it. I, I, you know, I'm not going to disagree with you there. I, I, I do think coming from more of an open source world that 
I've never been a, I've never been a fan of of um, charging for code in that aspect of it. Now, th- this is where I get confused, right? Because and it, it might not be charging for code though; it might be right. charging for support. Which in, um, which I would be perfectly fine with. I, I think I think that's what the model is meant to be. Uh, if as long as the code isn't going to be locked down, it's not going to be proprietary. It's not going to be in some black box. Um, yeah, and and especially if it's more a, of a you're paying for the support of the code, I'm perfectly fine with that. I think that's the way yeah. it's meant to be. Uh, but well, I've I've done the black box thing. I've tried to black box code that I had developed, and I'll tell you now, it's outright impossible. Um, if you're going to have code running on someone else's system, expect it to be visible. Mm-hmm. Uh, Taylor is a community guy. He he knows what the community is going to want and demand, and he listens to the community. I don't think if he has a pricing model that people don't agree with, that he's just going to say, well, screw you guys, I'm not changing it. I think it's going to be reasonable to start off with, and I think it's going to be uh, something that the community agrees on as as making sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, well, I guess, I guess we we got to see exactly what that model is. Um, I, I mean, it, it's hard to comment on it until, until you see it. Yeah. So... Yeah. Although we we can wildly speculate all we want, we are thought leaders. That's right. That's 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 why that's why we do this to lead thought. Yeah, yeah. So let's let's hope he doesn't decide to start charging for the framework itself. We we'll all be screwed. No, I think that ship is sailed. I don't I don't think there's going to be any uh, option. That, for that, that genie has left the bottle. Yeah. Yeah, that's basically what I'm doing professionally right now. Yeah. Is charging charging to to implement the Laravel framework somewhere. <laughs> um, so you're you're going to have to tell me about Braintree here because I don't know about Braintree integration. Well, that's going to be a problem then. I was hoping you did. Uh, I know it was a big announcement. Uh, I, I did some quick research on it before before our little podcast here. Uh, I guess it's I guess Braintree is a service owned by PayPal. And okay. it's just uh, a way of implementing PayPal and and some other pro- abilities to process payments through your web- website. Uh, I know it was a big deal when Taylor was getting it implemented. Um, I think that was more of a getting a good uh, PayPal implementation done. And I know it handles things like subscriptions and, and stuff like that. Uh, but I'm not, not totally sure I get why it's such a why it's such a big deal but it is part of cashier now which uh you've got to assume if it's if it's now in cashier it will be part of spark as well right so but no that's well i'll tell you which all i know tell you what paypal is terrible so why do you think paypal is terrible i've used it oh i think we've i mean i I i remember when paypal started i remember you know, before PayPal, you were on eBay, and once you had won an auction, there was no instructions on how to pay for something. And PayPal came around and said, oh, yeah, we can get that to you. Sure, just enter in your bank number. And uh, eventually everyone started using it, and it worked out. But, I mean, PayPal is born of, of the Internet and the scams that that includes. And Very true. 
So if you have a problem, PayPal isn't there to be your friend. Right. You know, they're they're there to keep the money as long as they can uh and fight with you. Um I don't know how things have changed with the integrations that PayPal is now doing on websites to do just cheap card management stuff, but I know that I've had problems with PayPal in the past, and they are not a very forgiving company. Yeah, I mean, I I, I haven't actually had issues, but I, I've definitely read the stories of PayPal deciding, hey, basically, you're making too much money. We're freezing your account and keeping the money until you convince us uh, right. that it really belongs to you. Which or charitable me. organizations too. Yeah, they've they've cracked down on charitable organizations using the wrong PayPal account versions and yeah. And I mean, we're not talking you know, stories. Fifty bucks. You know, you can talk talking of thousands of tens of thousands of dollars that they've locked up. So yeah, yeah. That that's a concern. I, now I I know I've used I've used PayPal in the past uh, of recent years. I've really has started to appreciate Square. Um, it's, I mean, there's always the cost of transaction, but the thing I, I like about Square is the fact that it, it just essentially goes directly into your bank account. You know, which yeah, is, that is nice. Which is strong. Um, but yeah. And my wife uses Square for, uh, school fundraiser events too. So, you know. Yeah, I've done that. It's, it's user friendly. Yeah. Yeah. That, oh, I mean, it couldn't be any, any more user friendly, right? It, my wife was doing the PTA thing this year, and I got her the little square card reader. I stuck mm-hmm. it onto her Android phone. I created an inventory. She hit a button. She ran a card. They got that money. Uh, again, there was a transaction fee, but you know you factor that into the the cost, and it it worked out flawlessly. It, it, it was great. Uh, what else? I don't know. Let's see. How, how long have we been talking now? We want to, we want to try to keep it at thirty minutes, right? That's what we said. Yeah, I think that's the general idea, but we're also going to have this cut down f- for that four minutes of silence where I couldn't remember Taylor's name too. So <laughs> in the thirteen minutes before before we even got anything yeah. going, so we're at about uh, fifty five minutes now. I think we're I think we're getting to a good point here. Um, what else do you want to talk about? Let's, let's let's do one more one more topic. One more one more topic. Yeah. How about uh, your new favorite communication app, Wire? Now, see, I wasn't pulling that over. I didn't. I did not pull that over. The next discussion, I was going to let that one. All right. I was going to yeah, let that sleeping dog made. fly. <laughs> so let's talk about Wire. You're, you're a huge fan. I haven't used it, but it's from the guy who developed Skype, so I automatically hate it. <laughs> like straight up, automatically hate it. <laughs> so. So firstly, we're we're all over the map here. We're not even talking about PHP stuff. We're just talking. We're straight up geeking out right now. Absolutely. Right? Okay. Just making sure we're keeping the audience, the the three people who are listening to this. Hi, mom. Uh, keeping them caught up with our conversation here. So yeah, we're we're putting we're putting the ugly in PHP ugly. PHP ugly. So why are you know the thing that attracts me to this, and I continue to get attracted to these projects, and I I was that guy. Uh, in in the early 2000s, with every instant messaging client running on his computer, because I loved them all. Oh yeah, you know, and I'm st- I had trillion. I'm still that guy, right? You know, it's like you know, I was one of the first guys in Slack, uh, you know, getting all my friends, pulling all my friends into Slack, and I mean, I'm always that guy looking looking at the new. 
and and I hate having multiple clients. I hate it. Um, but the one thing that Wired does, the the same thing that 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 kind of led me down the path of like Telegram and a few others is the security. Um, now Telegram offers encryption chats, which is great. It's a separate chat channel that you have to create. So by default, the it's not an it's not an encrypted uh, chat. Um, right. Wire, on the other hand, is end-to-end encryption uh, of chat, of video chat, uh, everything. Everything that happens is encrypted uh, end-to-end. So it says. Obviously, I'm not a security expert. I haven't put it through its paces, but that's well, what draws. Me is it open source? Yeah. I believe it's open source. Maybe not. Actually, I just said See, that. That's... I, I, I believe it is, though. I, I think it is. Uh, first thing, they, they, they have the domain wire.com. So right off the bat, you know there's some money behind it somewhere, right? You're not going to get that domain without having some money behind it. Right. Um, I'm, I'm trying to find now. <clears throat> trying to find now if it's open source. <clears throat> I, I want to say it See, is, but I need to I need a I, I don't think it is. And I think it uses open source components, but it itself is closed source. And for me, if you're using end-to-end encryption and it's closed source, then there are potential major problems you might not be aware of no. and, and won't ever be aware of. This is true. I, I do agree with that. Yeah. And also, it's it's currently free... But there is a lot of speculation that it's going to be paid or have paid features in the future. So according to wire.com slash privacy, it is open source. There's a there's a chart about halfway down the page and it one of the one of the check marks is open source. And it and Telegram and Signal are the three that they, they call out as open source. So it does say it's open source. And see, I think that I think that's interesting that Talks is not getting any coverage on that end. Yeah, and I uh, and I got to be honest with you, I'm not familiar with Talks. So it was Tox, you know, right? Tox. Uh, Talks is totally open sourced. It was created after the Edward Snowden information all came out, mm. and in, in in response to that, and it has been in development for you know longer than most of these new secure chat systems. Um, you know, it's got uh, clients for everything: Android, iPhone, uh, Windows, all that stuff, and seems to be a pretty nice system. Hmm. Uh, but I, I don't do a lot of encrypted chat, though, so I don't know. Yeah, I have to check it out. I, now I'm, I'm I'm doing both here. I'm pulling up the Talks website as, as we're talking, and then I'm also looking reading through the wire in there. Their commitment to transparency, and it does say our community, our our commitment to security, entirely verifiable. Blah blah blah. But it it does hit on the one thing you're talking about, which it says Wire uses open source cryptography to encrypt all content. I wonder if that's why it's saying it's Wire source or open source. Uh, see, so we oh no, it says that we made the source code for data handling available to the public under GPL license. This means okay, so it's component component based open source. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. You know. I mean the 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 real thing is though none of these services are any good if they have no users on them. That's true. 
Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, Skype works because my mom and dad have Skype, and that's it. Um, Talks doesn't work. Wire doesn't work. All those other applications don't work at all because my parents don't have them installed. Um, so really, it's the community is going to be the deciding factor. Whether or not it's a superior service, it isn't even going to be the point. Very true. Very true. You know, there. I mean, back in the '90s, we had Trillion. We had the one application that could connect to all the different chat networks, yeah. and now we have Pigeon that sort of took the took the reins and took that over. But you know, it's it's the same problem over and over again. Is that without the community, the system just doesn't hold up. It's very true. I think. Uh, so how does Slack do it? How how did Slack get so so much traction so quickly? Uh, easy. The the API they built a they built a great API for integrating into their chat system, and they told all the developers that they could, hey, check out this cool API that does fun stuff, and developers started playing with it and creating stupid little toys. I, I know I'm guilty up... of that. I, I, I've not not only stupid little toys, but I've actually integrated our you know um, one of our clients uh, has a. Uh, <clears throat> Uh, ticket support system uh, which mm -hmm. they manage it's their ticket support system uh, they're our clients so we kind of tie into it and I, I tied their APIs into our Slack so that whenever they have a new ticket that they're assigning to our group uh, that notification comes into Slack for us Yeah, and it's, it's just like things like that it's just been as a developer we love that stuff right? it's like oh yeah let me do this and, you know, if there's an urgent ticket Everybody in our channel knows about it right away. It's not a, you know, who who reads their email first. Yeah, it's the kind of thing that's fun to play around with. You know, as developers, we're we're building stuff with complicated internals and databases, and I mean, just massive systems all day. Sometimes it's nice to go to the the play school building block style development where you can just throw something cool together and point out and say, hey, look what this thing does. Yeah, exactly. And that's, uh, you know, and that's what Slack did. Slack targeted developers very heavily, very specifically for, you know, the short period of time that it's it's become this explosive thing. And I think that's where they've really made their win is with developers. I agree. Now, did, did you happen to notice what we did there? That, that my friend, was a segue. We took a completely that was a segue. different topic and we pulled it back into the development world. That's how we roll. That's that's what we did. We we were talking right. about this and then we're talking about development again. Bada bing, Do, bada doing bing. it ugly style. All right. Well, I think I think that is as good of a point as any to to wrap it up. Um, I think. Well, I think that's as good as we're going to get at least. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> now, now the fun part is to see if we can actually get this thing. Uh, stitched together and, and released somehow. Yeah, do we have points of contact for anyone who wants to uh, just email us funds and bitcoins to, to support our brave cause? We, we do, we do. So we do have a, we have a Twitter account that we'll start to post to, especially as we get episodes released, uh, and we have email as well. Do you remember what our email address is? Uh, I, I believe it's podcast at phpugly.com. Was that it? 
Hey, you know what? I think just everything that goes to phpugly.com will filter straight into uh, the spam folder. So, however we want to call it. Yeah, let's 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 call it podcast at phpugly.com. If it's not there, it will be before this uh, before the show is released. And and that's if you want to send <laughs> us an email, uh, give us some topic ideas. Feel free to send it there, or you know, hit us up at Twitter at phpugly, and uh, we will get those social media wheels turning he says we but it's it's not going to be no me. it'll be you we see no, this I, is where we you, need the wives involved you know this is absolutely where we don't start involving the wives <laughs> your dog only made it halfway through the podcast <laughs> and he's content just being asleep on the couch yeah yeah maybe you're right all right well all right well all of until us next here, time yeah from all of us here at php ugly we need to come up with a way of saying goodbye. Uh, how, keep how, it stinky. How the hell do we? How the <laughs> hell do we finish this? I I don't. I think we just did. I think that was. It just slowly falls apart. <laughs> the wheels have come off. Fantastic. Yeah. All right. Talk to you guys later. All bye. right. Bye. <laughs>